Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. And Colin, where are we tonight? Uh, in the Raven. For the first time since when? Since... 1942. Cold Town? So you're not doing this whole dry January thing? I don't I, I barely drink anyway. You're lucky if I amass in a week, but most people amass. In a weekend? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like four or five beers if I have a month sometimes. Aye, so I'm, not, I'm not a drinker anyway. So what about yourself? Uh, I'm on Erdinger Alcohol Free. Are you doing the dry January thing? I get not really because I don't really drink that much. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, just, I'm not really in a drinky kind of place just now. You know, something yeah. you feel in the mood for it. I'm going down to Manchester in February, so I imagine I'll probably have a few drinks then. I would imagine so. Yeah. So um, Manchester's finest ales. So yes, we'll maybe we'll have a few at the end. Yes. Um, so I'm kind of. You know, we don't want to be feeling hungover and unwell yeah. all the ones. I'll, I'll have a nice yeah. time in my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, same as you, not a big drinker, so I don't feel the need to do it. A dry January, because yeah. it's like... Aye, it's uh, different if you're drinking. And I didn't drink at all over Christmas because everyone was sick, so I didn't really yeah. feel the need to... I think that's the whole point, is like, you drink so much over Christmas in time that you need to sort of, like... Detox. Detox. <laughs> but, like you said, we didn't really drink a lot over no, Christmas, no, so I don't need to detox. One glass of snaps in the past three weeks. I had I half a whiskey on New Year's Day, and that was it. How good are we? Really? Same, same people. Yeah, boring. Role models. Yeah, role models. Yeah. Also boring. Also boring. Yeah, well. No, no, let's not. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so we'll move on as we always do, Raven, <laughs> um, to our Mike's on Mike segment. Mike's on Mike. Mike's how long? As of the show. Finney's related to Edward. I hope he is. How could we do that? I think we'll discuss it before we hope he is. I think he is. Yeah, he's probably more famous than ever for long right now. I'm more famous for long, yeah. <laughs> um, so Mike's been running the team. He played again this week. Now, things not going well for our yeah, Camelwells. Yeah, yeah. They had a couple of big defeats. Last discussion we had, it was like 7-0. 7-0 the loss, yeah. yeah. So they only played one game this week. played at the weekend against West, Disbury and Charlton. Yeah. Like Charlton and the Willies, do you remember yeah. that? That makes no. me know. It's an old kids TV show in, in Charlton and Wheelies. The Wheelies were like these wee kind of giraffe animals that rolled about in wheels and Charlton was a dragon. Were you high at this point when <laughs> watching it? <laughs> no, this like, like, I never even made I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> you made a fortune. I'd be rich by now. Um, Charlton and Wheelies, anyone who remembers that, let us know. They are very old. Um, so they're playing West Disbury and Charlton and they lost 1 0. By all accounts, an improvement in performance, played well, but just unlucky. Oh, they didn't let six go in, so that's, that's good. That's true. <laughs> um, apparently the West Disbury keeper had an absolutely great game. Oh, so okay. kept them out at the very end. So they should have got a draw, but unlucky to lose 1-0. Okay. Do you know why they only lost 1-0? Mike was playing. Mike was playing. Mike, was Mike played last three weeks, though. I like to think of Mike as like a, a, a midfield defender. A defensive midfield. Attacker. You, you can't be both. You mean, you mean a sort of box-to-box midfielder? Like a... A Paul Scholes. Like an everyone. Every man. Like an everyman, yeah. Yes, you think like yeah. a Paul Scholes or yeah. a Lewis and Ricky. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I didn't think you did. I can see a complete blank expression in your face. Like right a Walter Payton, if you be so silly, that would make more fucking sense. <laughs> like a Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they were supposed to play last night, but it's probably every football game in the country last week, last night, was cancelled because. On the of back of Storm Brendan, I believe this one is called? Yes, it was. So, that got called off. So, they're playing again this weekend against someone who. Was that a league game, the last one, now? Yes, sort of drop points league. Yeah. I think our hopes of promotion this year are, are, are slim, but exciting news. The Isle of Man are trying to get a football team. Oh, where would they play? They play in the Isle of Man. Their own league? 
No, they're, they're a team. There's an Isle of Man league that plays. Kid, okay? Right. But they can be an Isle of Man team who compete in the English league. So the league they would drop into to start off would be the same Camel league Laird. as the Camel Lairds. Oh, wow. Well. But will they allow them to do that? Because Isle of Man's not. England. Yeah, but Berwick Rangers play in the Scottish League and they're not in. So, so it, it, it does happen. Oh, well, it does happen on occasion. That would yes. be amazing. That yeah, would be really, really cool. So yeah. So we have Camel Laird versus Ireland. How many teams are in the league in Ireland? I have no idea. I'm going to say twelve. Stuart, over to you. I think yeah. it's, I get ten to twelve. Give us information. Yes, ten to twelve teams in Ireland. That's like the population of the Ireland all play football. Essentially, they have played against Scotland and like sort of the junior, the, ju- the Scottish junior team. That's a team like players I go and watch. Mm. Get the open leg team. If a Scottish junior team who have made up all the teams in that level have played Isle of Man in friendlies before. Have they got uh, an international team? No, that's the thing. This is the first step to try and get an international team. They want to be sort of represented internationally, well, much like Gibraltar. Well, well, so Isle of Man may drop under Bhutan in the rankings? Possibly, yes. <laughs> wow. Or, or even Isle of Man could play Bhutan in the rankings. This would be a, that would fucking make you the happiest man in the planet. <laughs> God, I would pay money to go and see that. I think you'd be a I'm if the Camel Lairds play Isle of Man, we have to pay money to go and see it. Yeah, yeah. or, or Bhutan. Yeah, or Bhutan. Bhutan. One of the two, yes. <laughs> I think Camel Lairds would beat Bhutan. I think I could probably beat Bhutan. Ah, no, that I mean, it would it, definitely be one for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good luck to the Camel Lairds this weekend when they play over the plane. Good luck, Isle of Man, and your newly found football pledge. Isle of Man at the team will sponsor a player from Isle of Man as well. That would be awesome. Maybe Stu could be in the team. He, I don't think Stu's up for the team, but I think he maybe could... I'm just them. saying, I think the pickings are probably a bit slim, so there's a good chance he could be the manager, who knows? He's probably the manager, yeah, definitely. I think we could date the job for that, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we'll, I'll talk to you off mic about what's all happening with it. Anyway, so, on to non-cinema viewing. Have you watched anything interest in non-cinema? I have been watching um, what is now, I believe, the third most watched programme on Netflix. It is something um, this based is on a video game. The Witcher, yeah. yeah. The, the Witcher, which is based on... It's, it's, People say based on a video game, which is unfair. It's actually based on books that um, were written in the 80s and 90s. Oh, so books came first, then yeah, the video game then came the video next. Game. Oh, yeah, so it's a, a Polish yes, author. Poland, yeah. um, started writing the books, kind of 85, 86 perhaps. Uh-huh. Um, and then came the video games and now the TV show. Yeah. And um, I dare say there's going to be another one and eventually there'll be a big budget film at some point yeah. based on the success of the show so far so it's the third watched um, behind Stranger Things and I can't remember what else it was there's something else just in front of it but for you know a kind of little known video game franchise it's not little known it's well known I think it's a bit but video gaming it's probably not as big of a population to play video games as you think and particularly that kind of game which is a role but they have game. it marketed they marketed it as the new Game of Thrones yeah, yeah. so that's what's getting which all these known, which is um, so I'll quickly go into it so I've watched um What's it about, first of all? So, it, it's set in a, a kind of unspecified part of the world, uh, much like kind of Warcraft and stuff like that, you don't really know what it is. And it's basically about this witcher, um, who is like an augmented, augmented human, who goes about slaying monsters. Okay. And it's pretty much his adventures. Okay. Uh, which happen to run parallel with two other kind of people. So you've got these three kind of stories leading up to one singular story. Oh, right, so okay. In a nutshell, that's pretty much it. Um, what it does, and I've read this a lot as well as finding it firsthand, is it confuses the hell out of you because the structure and the narrative isn't obvious. Okay. And quite a lot you're watching it going, I don't really understand what happens here. 
I've heard the I've heard I've not watched it, I've heard you need to have some knowledge of the source material in order to get earlier to get you understand it. It material. would enhance it and yeah. probably give you a better clue. By the fourth episode, which I kinda of watched two nights ago, it does pull it together. But to be confused for essentially three, three hours, hours of TV, TV that's a lot. is a bit worrying. Yeah. Um, it's not it, it's not pulling you in at that point because at that point you just say well I'll, I'll watch something else yeah yeah because yeah. you're, you're genuinely I don't know if I want to stick with this I'm, I'm glad that I did because uh-huh. as I say it is starting to kind of you know it's, it's kind of narrowing down I know what, what everything meant before mm. but it is worrying it takes that long and I think with the amount of feedback I've heard on that the second season I think they'll probably strip right back and make it a lot more linear um, in terms of good Karen, cast it's got um Henry Cavill's in it. He's, Who, he plays the, the Witcher. In all accounts, he pushed for it because he's a massive gamer fan. Apparently, yeah, he Huge loves this game, game fan, and yeah. he really because I think there was like kind of fair to who and the kind of running for it, right. um, and he he beat them all off. Yeah, and so good on yeah. and he does own the role. Yeah, he. I, I mean, he, to be fair, he's got a lot of shit to work with. Some of the dialogue is, you know, the, the, make you shit your pants. Oh. It's, it's really, really poor, poor, poor dialogue. Some of it. But you know, he, he kind of does it with the way it's intended. He has right. fun with, and he's playing the video game character quite well. Okay. I mean? he's, he's believable, and he's, he's having fun with. It. You can see that. Um, and they also have note in it. No, not really. No, no, no one told. I've no one that I really noticed. No, okay. it seems to be a, when you're just kind of reading the credits. Then there's a, there seems to be a lot of kind of European influence. Um, yeah, okay. I think it's shot in names. Croatia or something. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you can see that. Um, yeah. Action sequences are fantastically handled. Okay. Um, you know, that makes Game of Thrones murders look tame. Okay, they, right, they really right. kind of go full gusto with it, the blood and guts. Um, CGI is all over the place. Good at times, terrible at times. When it's bad, it's laughably bad, but when it's good, it's good. I think the practical... I think that with Game of Thrones as well. There's some bits of Game of Thrones, but it is laughably bad. This, this is much, much worse. But I think the practical is good. CGI isn't okay. I think that's that's what it is, um, and there's, there's no exposition um, at all. Do you know right. what I mean? That's the problem. Is you know they'll talk about things and you're like, I don't. I mean, what is it meant to mean something? Yeah. And they expect you to know that, and you're like, but I don't know what that means. I, I don't understand. And there's a point in it where the singing bard sings about how he's singing the exposition, uh-huh. and you're like, Jesus Christ, you know that that's fucking. Yeah. Lazy, it kind of shows you the genius of something like, say, The Lord of the Rings, like the, the movies, where yeah. you might not, people might not like the movie, some of them, but if you watch the film, even if you're a completely non fan, you can follow that world almost instantly. And it's that's fleshed out. It's fleshed yeah, out it's per- and it's well done, whereas yeah. this seems to like almost expect the audience to come yeah. to it with a knowledge, which is silly. Yeah, well, I mean, I've still got three episodes to go, oh, and right. see, it is starting to kind of. You know, Four the pennies slowly but surely dropping. So I'm, I'm hoping by the end, you know, that like it's it's got me enough that I want to see the second season. Um, but have you read I've, the books? No, have I've, not, played I've not played the game. I, I've seen it being played, I know, of the game okay. and stuff like that. So I'm quite familiar with the, the, the kind of character and whatnot. But I would say it's worth watching for Cavill's performance alone because okay. he does give it a lot, a heart and soul, and he gives it everything he's got. And Cavill's, he, he's got a charisma he has definitely yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Sake, you know. and you know there's a lot of the same kind of looks that he does as Superman you see in here and Mission like Boss good Mission Boss he's well. in that as well yeah so it's worth watching just for him and I think as I say watch it stick with it to episode 4 and 
it will open up for you. I think you'll enjoy it. Reviews I've heard so far have been quite weird. I mean, people have been kind of giving it a lot of kudos and enjoying it. Other people have been very scathing on it. It yeah. seems to be swinging quite dramatically uh, one way or the other. People forget it is ultimately, regardless of the budget and the cast, it's a fantasy. Do you know what I mean? And fantasy is always, you know, it's, it's got a limited audience anyway. Yeah, but it's. But it, I always feel like the, the show that's proclaiming itself to be the next Game of Thrones. It's. I don't know why they've done that. Sort of hiding to nothing. Because everyone wants that show. They need, like, now Game of Thrones has left that. It's a vacuum there mm-hmm. of, of that type of fantasy show. Yeah. And they want to fill it with something. Yeah. And this is obviously one that they're trying to push. In. This is the first one in through the gate trying to be the next one. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame because it, I, people will win expecting <coughs> Game of Thrones and they're going to be like, this is not, not Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. They've just not pushed it on as that. It yeah. probably get a bit more respect and... Stay in power for, possibly, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Okay. Anything else of interest you want? Anything else of interest? Quickly, I'm um, going to trouble from Lorraine because I never brought these up over the last couple of podcasts. Um, so over Christmas, uh-huh. I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, did you enjoy it? Fuck yes. Okay. I'm mind blown that I have not seen this movie until from now. You're 47 years uh-huh. old, and that's me just watching it. I'm a 48, one of the two, mm. something like that, and that's me just watching it. And I see why it's hailed as yeah. the, the, you know, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I get it. Yeah. Completely. It just absorbs you and it's just so warm. And, and it's a warm hugger movie. Brilliant. It, and it, it gives you a whole new respect for James Stewart. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to put it Well, I know because of that podcast. What? Was that the, the, no, that wasn't Jimmy Stewart, was that one. Was it not? Right. I don't think Jimmy Stewart's a good actor. I think, I think he's... Not in this anyway. It's a great film, but he's not getting. I think it. I think he does every man really well. I think he's got a naturalism about him, like he doesn't seem forced ever. It he does, does, he doesn't look like he's acting. I don't think. I, I think, think he, he comes across. Do you think so? I, yeah, especially seeing 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 his um, getting the suitcase. Mm. That felt really sort of like he, they went big. Yeah. Like go big, Jimmy. I just I just think he, he does. It's just so effortless and natural. He's just, yeah, he is he, effortless. I, do, yeah. I, don't I think he's just got it. Like, you see people acting him and you see him, it's like, he's, you know, this is a believable. That's someone you believe that you could talk to, you know what I mean? That could sit down and work and keep you there. I, I feel that about any acting from the 40s and 50s, it feels very. It's from a certain Hollywood style of like sort of the studio style. Things so. It feels kind of. It feels big. Like yeah. almost theatre acting, it feels yeah. like it's, it's, it's reaching for the back row, and I'm like, oh, when I'm watching it in the living room, like, you know, it feels but I think much. you can see that, I think with like Cagney and stuff like that, you, you can see <laughs> the, the cogs, do you know what I mean? You mm. can see the mechanics behind, but I think with him, you just, you're watching the character, you're not watching him acting, it's just, he, he got me. Okay, but so what take from Colin, Colin has liked Wonderful Life and it's a good film. Damn good, and the other one that we watched over Christmas was a film called Jack and Sarah. Uh, this is Richard D. Grant and Samantha Mathis. Yes. Which Lorraine has been badgering me to watch for a long, She's long time. She's got a crush on Richard D. Grant, hasn't she? She likes him a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, the premise of this film is Richard D. Grant, um, wife, partner, is about to have a baby. She has a baby, she dies. He's left him baby. Yep. He's in a sump he doesn't want a. Samantha Mathis comes in to help him look after the baby and they fall in love. Yeah, um, I thought it was sad as fuck. Yeah. Like, grim. I mean, she kind of was making out, like, you know, it's funny and it's light-hearted and quite humorous. And, uh, it I thought you were thinking, this is a kid who's lost his mother. Uh, it right. depressed the fuck out of me. Yeah. I was really sad after I watched it. And, and I berated her. I said, don't make me watch that again. Do not do that. Um, it, it was a well-made film. I think that's Dee Grant. He, he can act, you know. Good charm, yeah, I, I've always had a wee Christian Samantha Mathis fan, you know, way back in the Mario days when she was Princess Daisy in the Super Mario World. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, broken arrow stuff like that. So I've always had like a, a broken arrow for Marcus. And it wasn't a bad film, it just wasn't the film you're I was expecting. You were expecting Three Men and a Baby, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got, you know, fucking dying wives and, and depression. And by the end, you know, it was a, a proper song for me. I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I need to go like, I ended up putting on fucking black books to cheer myself up. Yes, you do, um, So, good film, just don't go in expecting, you know, a comedy. It's, it's, not, it's not Three Men and a Baby here. Yeah. So, there you go, I've mentioned it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that's... Me, I'm afraid, like, pretty much all I've watched over the past month, because this is what I've said. Yeah, well, talking. Um, so I watched one at home called Hail Satan. Oh. She's on Netflix. Is an animated one? No, it's a documentary. Right. right. Okay, you're going to watch it on my it's a good documentary. It's all about, set in America, it's this guy who essentially started up the Church of Satan, okay? He doesn't believe in Satan, essentially, but what he does believe in is that America should not be a secular country, or it shouldn't be a <coughs> country. The idea that America was set up as a church and state should be separate, right? But right. a lot of the government houses and government sort of buildings have like stuff on site that say like under God and for God and like a kind. court, for example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they shouldn't be pushing one God or another God. His idea is saying like, well, if you want to put a, a statue of the Ten Commandments there, which some which is house I think it's in Arkansas or Mississippi, definitely one of the southern states has. He goes, well, if you want that, I want a statue of Beelzebub put in this courthouse as well. But surely the, 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 the good and evil's got to come into that, because, you know, God's a lovely person, Lucifer's a cunt. Surely that's an element of why we don't have statues of Lucifer. But his, his point in it is the idea that you should be allowed to choose. He uses this touch of Satan to do good things as well, so they do, like, litter picking up and stuff like that, and they do, they do, only, good, they do only good things in the community. I don't think Satan's going to... Could have done this. But it's, it's, the whole point is it's, it's just a figurehead. It's not actually what you know. The actions are better than what what the figurehead is. This so is nuts. It's nuts. It's brilliant. It's got a real kind of sort of vibe of like what we do in the shadows to it. But is, is it done tongue in cheek or is it is it a deadpan? It's deadpan, but you get why he's doing it. He is. He understands what he's doing and why he's doing it, and everyone involved in it knows why they're doing it and what the purpose of it is. Well, but it's just this idea of like, well, they, they become together group. They all do really good things. But just the idea of these sort of really religious, and the amount that the religious right will push against it, and the idea like we can't have that there because it's, it's, it's you know, why is your religious icon not valid? Mine isn't. Because yours is an evil bastard. Well, then, well, then why not babies? have his point is, well, if you can have that, why not have a, how I not have a, one of Muhammad or one of Buddha or one of whoever? They're not Western religions. But the religions, the point is, the religion people follow in that country, and if the country's supposed to be completely non secular and have no religion for the country, then they can't. They can't push one, which is what they are doing. They're pushing one religion. I would spend five minutes talking to this person and walk away, uh, just frustrating, angry. It's it, really, really. It's, very, it's a really interesting, funny world. Does think. he sell it to you? Did yeah, you totally, yeah. all the way through this man's oh. a band. The best thing about it is he, he starts supporting a political candidate from the Republican Party, who then has to try and come out and basically come out against the Church of Satan. And just to see a Republican candidate standing going like, "I am not for the promotion of the Church oh of Satan." Oh my God, this is nuts! But. Yeah. But it just fundamentally comes down to Satan's bad. That, that, that's that's where the that. conversation should end. But do you know what I mean? He has Why can't I have a statue of Satan? It's bad. Well, his point is like, well, Satan's not real. You say it's not real, so God's not real. So why can't you put a Satan in there? It's just, it's just, a, it's just a, it's just a figure. It's nothing else. But it is real to people that are believing it. Yes. Ah, yeah, but then yeah. that if they don't allow it, that's them pushing this one religion. Yeah. They, and they should be doing that. It's part of the constitution. Part of the actual constitution of America. They should not be pushing one religion. They shouldn't have kids in schools 
saying what you think. You can't put old Nick in a pedestal. You can't do that. Can't. No. What's, what's even more great about it is there's a bit in the film you find out like there's these like Ten Commandment tablets right in uh-huh. all these state houses across the south, south of the like southern states. And the and the whole other is like this is like sort of so important to be for America to have these and and it shows you like the Ten Commandments of life and blah 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 blah. And you find out the reason why they've all got me in these state houses is because when they made the film Ten Commandments back in the nineteen forties. They just basically made these plastic castles and just gave them out to all these state houses. <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll put them up and they'll put them up in these places thinking it's some like important thing. And the video footage of like Charlton Heston unveiling these things. It's basically just a <laughs> it's Hollywood. movie prop. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. genius. I like that. I yeah. like that. So, right, so uh, I'm going to go back and rewind a wee bit. Does he believe in saying? No. Why, why, why is he balling it, his ass? He's setting up as, it, it's, his point is he's set up as a, as a, as a, a counterpoint to the argument of God. But if he gives a fuck that much, why not be more constructive? And as you say, because if you make yeah. it for, if you make it for anything else, then it's not going to get the publicity. Satan gets publicity. When you see something say the road is this road is cleaned by the church of Satan, <coughs> that gets more publicity than saying this church was cleaned by someone else. This guy sounds like somebody I would honestly hate. I, I did enjoy it. Watch it. It's really good. It's really right. enjoyable. Okay. It's on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> It's very funny. You watch some fucked up shit. I heard about it. Someone was talking about it on another podcast, and I heard it. It's really funny, and it's like it's a real what we do in the shadows vibe to it, like sort of that kind of that kind of messed okay. up silliness. Of right. It. Okay. okay. So it's, watch it. It's very funny. I watch it because it's silly, but I'm going to get frustrated. And you probably angry. will be, and you, and you might you might off ordinarily disagree with the guy. Yeah. I personally think what he's doing is right. I think what he's doing it makes a total sense, especially when they're you know when they're banning they're banning him. But they won't ban handguns or something, you know. What, what, what's doing more damage right now? It's just the Satan which is cleaning up houses and schools and educating people, or handguns. Satan makes you pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so if next time I'm in work, I see a statue of Satan, I'm going to blame you. But I can't. But in Britain, Britain has always been a Protestant country, or a, uh, one time a Catholic Protestant country. So there is something. Britain's never, Britain's never come out on one side or the other. Well, Britain's never said it's not. For one, Britain has one. Britain yeah. has got a, a national religion. Christianity. But so is America. America hasn't got religion. It's just been, it's became the religion, but it's not. But the, 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 the immigrant, the biggest immigrants are Irish, Scottish. Irish. But it's not anymore. You've got Latin Americans. You've got people from India. People from Japan. American Indians never had Christianity. It was forced upon them. No, I think this is nonsense, man. I think, I think this guy's at it. No, I think, I think it's Alex. Fucking at it. Okay, watch right. it. Okay. Watch it and we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> right. um, anyway, <laughs> we will move on to some cinema viewings now. So, one we're going to talk about now, we talked briefly about it last week because mm. you saw it and I hadn't seen it. Um, it's a film called Spies in Disguise. Yes. Directed by Nick Bruno and Troy Kwan, and it's both their debut features. They've worked in animation, like doing like sort of other jobs in animation. This is the first debut feature. Um, plot of this film is. There's a sort of 007 type figure yeah. who gets turned into a pigeon by yeah. the Q type figure. Yeah. Um, he's been set up to look like he's committed a crime. Yeah. And he's trying to investigate it as a pigeon. Yeah. On paper, it sounds yeah. dreadful. With his little Q friend. Yeah. 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 Uh, and if you've got Will Smith playing 007 yeah. and the pigeon, uh, Tom Holland plays the Q figure, uh, Ben Mendelsohn plays the baddie. Rashida Jones plays this woman investigating, the yeah, FBI yeah. person type thing, and Karen Gillian plays one Karen of Gillen's in there as well. One yeah, of, uh, yeah. Is it Karen Gillian? I keep calling Gillian. Gillen. It's Gillian. Uh, plays one of the sort of lackeys. Yeah. Um, you said you liked it, you said you enjoyed I, it. I did. I enjoyed it just for it was 
just nonsense fun. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I thought it was actually a lot. I mean, I went in with very low expectations yeah. because it's a film. It's a it's a not Disney. It's an animated film released in January, which is never really a good sign. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's got a lot of charm to it. It's got a lot of sweetness yeah. to it. How could this be Swift? Like you said, it is probably unfortunately Will Smith's <laughs> best performance in the a past long time, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has the charm of Will Smith. Aye, it's just it, it comes across, and you're like, that's a believable Will Smith. Yeah. Um, I'm saying it's not the best animated no, film I've seen in the last no, like, ten years. All, but it's just for ninety minutes, it's, it's entirely charming and fun. Entertains the hell you. Yeah. Um, it's pretty funny. It's silly. But again, the charm Will Smith best in years. Um, it is quite kid centric. Oh yeah, it's not a lot of adults in it too no, much. No, no, definitely not. Although the James Bondy nice of it, um, and it is a bit brittle. You don't see the baddies coming. It's pretty obvious who everybody bad is. Um, but no, I thought it was. I thought it was a lovely, well done it's just, film. You just come in, you're like, yeah. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, I'm happy to give him money for that. No, no hassle at all. And I thought the animation was nice. It wasn't. It didn't go too um, intricate. Yeah, yeah, but it went off in it. They felt like it was quite simple, but it, 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 you know what I mean. It was quite stylized. Stylized, not, yeah. yeah, not not like kind of manga. Do you know what I mean? Just kind of stylized, square, a lot of sharp lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which worked for for it, for the subject. Yeah, but as I say, on paper, you know, it's laughable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you were to read that, you know, a description, you'd be like, "This is fucking nonsense." Yeah. And then you watch it, like, no, just made me laugh. A couple Holland of sounded like he was having a good time as well. Everyone's everyone, everyone yeah. committed to everything, yeah, enjoy it. Really went. Um, I it just it felt like a I really liked um, the pigeon ensemble. Uh-huh. They were quite funny. funny the side yeah. characters, the kind of one with weird eyes. The one with a thing in its yeah, neck and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they were really kind of charming as well. And I think it's like if you're a parent taking your kids to see that film, you'd be probably okay with letting them see it. To like, you know, that's no, money well spent for definitely. it. Definitely, it's good. It's a fact. That's the thing. It's Family film. It's a good. It's one that you'll enjoy. The kids will like as well. Do you know what I mean? Whereas. I feel like we are saying Frozen 2, it's like the kids, adults, not so much. So it's nice to see one that, you know, it is a family film. Right. You good. can imagine getting me on now over like a bank holiday. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did, I, like, I didn't love it, but I, I, you know what, I think I'm going, oh, I'm enjoying this more than I thought I would. I gave it 7 out of 10, what would you? 6. So yeah. average 6.5, there you go. Totally fine. Um, next one is one on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, so you've seen this one, it's called The Two Popes. Mm. I mentioned it because um, Oscar got announced and the two gentlemen involved in this got Oscars and also we gave you a chance to, to watch it recently. So directed by Fernando Morelis, who did uh, The Constant Gardener and also City of God. Right, Constant Gardener? Uh-huh. I've not seen it. I've got some, pay- I've got a pilot pay- okay. that Lorraine's gave me saying you must watch these films. It's in there. Very good. So um, City it. of God also find that very good as well. It's the one with Clive Owen? No. Is that your main map thinking of? City yeah. of God, is that a Brazilian one? Yes. Seen that? Seen that? Really yeah. good. Really good. There's a sequel to that as well, City of Something else as well. There's two of them. Yes, yeah, so they're coming yeah, in. The nice. Actually, on a TV show as well. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The plot of this film is essentially it's um, Pope Francis, and before he was Pope Francis, uh, and Pope Benedict, when he was Pope, in sort of discussion because Pope Francis, when he was like just a, a cardinal, wants to leave the priesthood and wants to just become like a, just a normal priest rather than being anything sort of. Sorry, are these real popes? Yes, real popes. Yes. Um, and essentially, the other pope. Benedict is sort of talking to him and it becomes clear that he wants to leave the Pope-dom right. and he's wanting to hand it over to, to this guy right. and it's the two of them sort of they're, they're, they're juxtaposed they're theologically opposed to each other in many ways they, they believe in very different things yeah. and it's sort of seeing how these two guys find some sort of common ground or even understanding with each other and ultimately begin to like each other and you also get to see a sort of background to the man who became become Pope Francis and where he came from and, and how he's portrayed now 
and how he's different from what you probably think he is. I'm bored, sir. You are bored, yeah. Um, so anything, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins playing Pope Benedict. Right, that's better. Jonathan Price playing uh, Pope Francis. So, big, 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 big chops. Big yeah, 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 man. Uh, and you get a guy called Juan Manjun playing young uh, Pope Francis. Um, he's in a film called Focus a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember okay. that, yeah. Um, like, you, you do sound bored, I understand why. Um, because it's essentially it's two guys talking for literally two hours. Right. Not always in the same room, they sort of, they're sort of moving around and you do see other elements of it, but essentially it's, it's a very talky film. They're talking for a lot of the movie. And they're talking to each other about stuff that's sort of quite theological and quite mm. deep. Yeah. But because you've got Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price doing it, you've got two great actors acting against each other, which is something that's really always nice it's to always see. It's always good, yeah. Yeah, you've seen, no one's trying, they're not trying to upstage each other, which is always good. But they're, they're allowing each other to have a moment and to, to breathe, and they're all, and, but they're playing the role very, very well. What I really liked about it is, it's, it makes a point of how you're allowed to change opinion and change your viewpoint, yeah. which in the world right now, it seems like people get very entrenched in what they believe, yeah. and, Jesus, even, yeah. and they will not be proven wrong. And even if they are proven wrong, that'll just make them almost dig in deeper, deeper yeah. and, and sort of double down on what they believe. Yeah, yeah. Flat earthers. Flat, right flat, flat earthers, political people. Yeah. Uh, if you believe something, you know, if you believe some, you, you believe their opinion is fact, and that's a dangerous place to be. You should be always open to, to understanding other elements. Yeah. And in this film, you get so. If you know anything about the Pope, Pope Francis, he was very sort of very liberal Pope, but by Pope standards, you know, he believes in sort of. Pushing, he's not pushing for it, but he's okay, kind of hitting that you know homosexuality is not a sin. He sort of kind of floated the idea of you know priests getting married and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. that kind of Which stuff. I think the other pope has come out and said, "Don't do that." That's so. a bad idea. So, but if you see in his early life, he wasn't like that. He, he, was, he was a different man. And through this film, you see him how he becomes how he becomes different, how he becomes how he becomes to respect other opinions and change. And and that was really interesting, I thought as well. As Probably a big question to ask, and probably not something we can cover in a couple of minutes. We'll spend on it. Um, <laughs> but how relevant is the Pope? How relevant is the Pope? If you're, Seriously, if, if, you're, if you're a Catholic, of the 1.1 billion Catholics live in the world, you'd probably find he is quite very relevant. Do you think so? Yeah, yes. even, even to Catholics. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid in the eighties, and, and John Paul visited Glasgow. Yes, he came to Belfast Park, and it was. Fucking nuts. So did Benedict. He came to Glasgow as well. Nuts. But yeah. it just yeah. doesn't seem to be that same forever anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was at a younger age and it all seemed like, oh wow. But I, I don't know. It just seems like there's less relevance on I think. I could be wrong. But religion generally has tailed off. Yeah. So that's one thing. To a lot of people, the Pope is still very, very relevant. Okay. No, no, okay. no, no, no he's still obviously yeah, the Catholic. He's like, you know, yeah. he's like fucking up there. But I just mean, as relevant? I don't know. Yeah. You know, cause I don't, my, my dad will do religion no, 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 at all, do you know what I mean? So yeah. is, is, he, is, is there, how, how relevant is it? He's still very relevant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, as a man who was raised Catholic and... It's been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he still... has what is law? Kind of, yeah. Um, but also what I like about the film as well is it, like, is it shows how friendship can come up in people who are opposed, you know? And yeah. find, that, find that ground between, between you. How does one become Pope? You've got to become a priest, and then you become like an arch, an archbishop, and a cardinal, 
when the final when the Pope dies, all the cardinals get together in the room and they all nominate someone for to be the next Pope. Uh, and then the Philemon gets like so either all the votes or a percentage of the votes they become the next Pope. The X Factor for Popes? Kind of, but it's, Pope all, it's all very secretive and it's all, you know, remember the white smoke, black smoke thing with the Vatican? So there's, everything they do a vote, they put, at the end of the vote, they put a thing in the fire that makes black smoke or white smoke. With black smoke, they get up to the chimney and all the, all, all the crowd in the uh, square see the smoke. If it's black, you know, the vote has not nominated a Pope. If it's white smoke, then it means that they've nominated a Pope. So what if they don't nominate a Pope? They have to nominate a Pope eventually. Okay. They command it. So they'll end up being like, so if there's like, say, I don't know if there's a hundred cardinals, for example, and let's say they all vote for somebody different, or, or, or half of them vote for somebody, or half vote for somebody else, and eventually they've got to come. It's like any political discussion, they come to agreements with other people and over who's going to vote for who to try and get to the point where some, they'll nominate someone. Uh, I think it's like seventy-five percent of the vote has to vote to one vote. Okay. That, that's, that's what people vote for. Cool. Um, the film as sideways. Have you seen the film sideways? No. Uh, it's like sideways meets far ten without the comedy. Okay. Like I'm just not going to watch this. You're not going to watch it, but you should. It's actually a really well done film. I liked it a lot. Um, and it, it's just nice to see good actors acting against each other, which is, which is fun to see. Okay. Cool, out of ten. Seven and a half. Yeah. Anyway, okay. last film, one in the cinema. You're going to go see it tomorrow, I think you said. Uh, it's called 1917. Yeah. Directed by Sam Mendes. we got yeah. American Beauty, Casino Royale, Road to Perdition, and Skyfall. Uh, and the film is about there's two soldiers. They can give a message about trying to get from one trench to behind any lines to a platoon who are walking into a trap. And that's essentially the film. They've got to get from point A to point B to deliver this message. On the way, there is obviously no man's land and everything between. Yeah. Uh, and the film, you got George Mackay from Sunshine and I Leaf. love his face. I like his face. He's film. got such an interesting. Yeah. Also, it, not Scottish? He is Scottish. Is no, he's not. No. He's from like Islington or something. He's like sort of middle, uh, it's like London. Do you know? You, what, you, just, you just want to look at the face and study it, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like that. Also, Dean Charles Chapman plays our soldier, who I don't know from much, to be honest. Um, I get a full name. Uh, he also Colin Firth pops up for two minutes, Richard Madden pops up for two minutes, uh, Andrew Scott for three minutes, and Cumberbatch for about 30 seconds. Cool. So they're all in it as well. Richard Madden, I think he's a hack. What do you think? I liked him in Rocket Man. Personally, I've always seen him in. Who else is the end? I just don't rate him. I don't know. It's this Game of Thrones thing where I don't, there's not anyone from Game of Thrones that's yet to convince me. Yeah, I agreed. Half a Dinklage, but I think he came in with kind of history. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 agreed. Yeah. Um, Sorry, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so, this film, the, the, the gimmick of this film, if you want to call that, is the fact it's supposed to be all one shot. It's, it's, looked, it's supposed to be all one shot. Like Birdman. Like Birdman, yeah. yes. Um, so, with that, Mendes and the DP, Roger Deakins, who has obviously shot all the Cobra stuff and shot. Um, I think he might even shot in Stellar as well. So he, the guy knows a good camera. Yeah. You know, he was shot Blade Runner, which is a good looking film. They pull it off. It looks phenomenal. Like there are there are great single shots. Like when it starts, it's all the two boys in the countryside. You sort of sitting amongst all the green and the, the, the trees. They give them this. They totally go somewhere, and it says them walking from there, and eventually end up in like a officer's little trench. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is all one shot. You see, like the sort of the colour bleeds out. You see, because they all go from green to like it gets darker and, and darker yeah. and muddier and muddier, and all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck, that's horrendous now. But, yeah. you, but you don't notice at the time. You just it's all just one. It just kind of takes you with it. Ah, uh-huh, and you're like, oh shit, we're not a bad, we're not a bad place now. Is uh, uh, 
you probably got a better eye for this than I have because I didn't really notice my tall and build man but uh, can you see the cuts is it yes I think they're not obvious if you don't know what you're looking for yeah. but I think if you've seen enough film you can probably tell where certain cuts are there's a couple of times when he goes behind something and comes out the other side you go right that's a cut yeah. sometimes there's a water splashes all over something you go that's a cut as well the one that's amazing the, people, the fact that people still believe this is a one shot film when there's a literal scene when it cuts to blackness for like 20 seconds yeah. and you go well Clearly, that's not too short. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's just dim the lights. Aye, yeah. so that bit, and that bit looks amazing. So the single shots are really well, and but it doesn't become like a hindrance. It actually works within the film. Like, you don't get bored by it. You don't, and also, all the time, you barely notice it. Mm-hmm. You, you're just following yeah. these guys, and it's it doesn't give up on the gimmick, which I thought was good. You know, yeah. we always say you watch stuff a lot of horror films that start off with a single. Found one. footage, you know, decides it's not found footage. Half through, through, then goes back to frame. Yeah, yeah that kind yeah. of stuff. So it commits to it. The only real problem about this is that the film itself is uh, it, it's so committed to doing this technical achievement that it kind of forgets a lot of heart and soul of the film itself. Like the story isn't quite there to, to have it, I thought. Um, I'd come out of the film and half an hour after I come out of the film, I could not tell you the names of the characters. Right. Whereas I can probably still write more the names of the same power of Ryan Platoon yeah. because I, there's heart and soul brought to the character and you believe and you understand who the characters are. It tries to inject some sort of heart into it, in the fit almost in the final three or four shots. But by that point, I'm like, well, it's too late. Yeah, kind of 90 minutes in, I've right. lost me. Yeah. But what's there is, 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 is and all to see it on a massive, we saw it on a big, massive super screen. It looks fucking amazing. You see it on that, and the sound is really great as well, and, and just it looks phenomenal. But I just wish it had focused so much on the technical aspect. How's the performances of the two leads? All, all very good, but kind of forgettable in the same way. Yeah. You know, they, they have a lot on them because they've got to like, hit the marks and their, And you can see there's, you can see mistakes there, like when someone falls, you go, I don't think you're meant to fall there. That looks fake, or not fake, that looks real. And I try to. Yeah. So it's all very committed and they're all very, very good in it. But also, you could have had any good actor in that role. It's not George Mackay that makes me go, oh, that's a really good performance behind yeah. so, like That just seems like a, an actor. Yeah. So it's very good to watch in terms of that. Is it going to pick up an Oscar? For cinematography and probably directing. Yeah? yeah. Directing, directing. I think sure. directors will appreciate what he did and that, and they vote for that um, Oscar. Yeah. See, because Birdman got about that, was Birdman was kind of about the industry as well, in a way. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this yeah. isn't about the not industry. Not about the industry, but, but I think they'll appreciate the technical achievement of it, and that's what it It might not win, it won't win best film, yeah. but it'll win best director, yeah. I think. Yeah. And out of 10? 8. Leading on to that, uh, the Oscar nominations, did you see them? Yeah. Jokers. Got a lot in there because a lot of white males vote in the Oscar pool, and, and Joker is a film ultimately for every single white male. In the Next country. point is there's been a lot of backlash, yes. uh, lack of diversity yes. in the Oscars. Um, so. But that's just the, I mean, I always think you should nominate a film based on it's not based on who wrote it, who directed it, who's in it. It's if it's like, a good film, it's good regardless good. of uh-huh. who's in it. Yeah. But there is also a thought of going that I'll. There are films that were very good last year that have been completely snubbed. Like Booksmart, for example, got completely snubbed because a woman directed it. Mm-hmm. There's been a few, um, couple of ones I remember seeing it and going like, well, they were actually very, very good. And for, and like for they put Margot Robbie up in a role again. She's playing a blonde bombshell and bombshell. You're going to go, Margot Robbie's done that fucking hundred times. Whereas a girl from Us, um, whose name I'm never forgetting, but Peter Nyong'o, that's a fucking performance. It takes a lot of craft and effort to put that performance through, and she's been completely ignored. Oh, and she should be in the, not even, she wasn't even, even in the conversation. But then habitually like, they would ignore the horror genre like us as well. They will, yeah. So would, there is arguments, I think. Yeah, there, no, but, you know, can, if every person says it's, you know, it's 
you know, Oscar, so why they've always got a comeback as to why this person we got all comedy can have voted for, horror can have voted for, and, and people make films specifically to appeal to Oscar, you know, they make the. But then it's why isn't horror voted for Good horror's good horror, yeah. regardless, you know. I think Rebecca Ferguson should get up for it for uh, Doctor Sleep, but no one looked at her. I don't know that's getting panned by critics. It's, it's not a well received movie at all. I, thought, I fucking love that. I, I, I was the same. I really enjoyed it, but yeah. apparently it, it's got panned, which I was genuinely surprised by. I was reading about it. I was like, why, why is it not getting yeah, any more love? love? Anyway, next week's films. What's we'll next week? We've got Bad Boy for Life. I know, but that's my reaction to it as well. Yeah. You seen the trailer? Yes. Did you laugh? No. Did you snigger? No. Did you squirm uncomfortably? I felt like I was watching my dad do something. Yeah, I felt like it's like, ah. Oh. How weird does Martin Lawrence look? He looks like a hamster, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks like Martin. It looks like somebody's trying to draw Martin Lawrence and doesn't really know what Martin Lawrence looks like. It looks like Martin Lawrence has been stung by bees and yes, he to be. Yes, <laughs> Martin Lawrence is delighted this film's come along, you know. Um, Plus, they've got an album planned already. They're, they're doing. They've lined up the next one already. Is it soon as we're big hit then? No idea, but it's, it's in the pipelines. It's, it's pretty much a guarantee that they're doing Bad Boys for right, Well, I've got lined up for Tuesday night. Uh, no, aye, Tuesday night. Um, oh. Also out is Bombshell. All about the Roger Ailes. Yeah. Um, sort of Me Too stuff. Who's in that? Margot Robbie. Nicole Kidman. Uh, Charlie Theron. Yeah. Yeah. And John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Yeah. That's some, some looks interesting range there. Yeah. Uh, Just Mercy is out as well. Um, I can't stand the it. Jim, you like, don't like Jamie Foxx, I know this. And the other guy as well. I don't like I was decided, no. I like him. The other boy, the boy for Rock, be no chin. Oh, do you not like him? I think he's awful. Really? He's no chin. Even Black Panther? I, I, just go with the Jamie Foxx thing, not the other thing. It can make you sound crazy when you go with the other thing. Uh, also I'm out, pretty sure I'm not the other person. <laughs> yes, you are. I've never heard anyone make that complaint before. Um, also, is a new Tennis Malik film. Oh my god. A, a Hidden Life. So this is 100 years later, he's made a second film. Tennis Malik is <laughs> in a film every three years right now. Tennis Malik is That's prolific. That's pretty good going <laughs> Yeah, in terms of movie making. What's this one about? I, I, no, no idea. idea. No idea. <laughs> Even after I watched it, you probably no idea. Would, I don't really but know. But it's three hours long, I'm going to see it Tuesday, I cannot wait. Cool. Uh, and hopefully it's been me in the cinema. Who's in it? I, I generally don't know. <laughs> I just saw Tennis Malik, you film going fucking there. I'm going to go and see it, I don't know what it's about. I've, I've seen three Tennis Malik films in the cinema, I think, and every time I saw them in the cinema, I've been the only person in the cinema watching them. So, I like that. <laughs> uh, also, it's Waves, which looks quite interesting. It's um, got the boy from Manchester by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I'm, get, I'm blanking on his name right now, um, and it's all about our family going up in South Florida, South California, which are negotiating the, the race issues there. Yeah. And on a weird side note, um, talk about waves and the boy from whatever you said, um, Manchester by the Sea, yeah. who isn't Casey Affleck. Um, have you seen the trailer for Morbius? It's got Jared Leto, who looks like Casey Affleck in it. He has. It's also got Mike Pete in it as well. Right. Yeah, that was a wee, oh, fuck, because I thought they were two separate universes, but apparently they're probably, have you seen the trailer? No. It, do you know what? Yeah. I'm not so, watching trailers. It doesn't give you much, it's more base. I'm going to say, watch a fucking trailer. No, you have not watched a film based on a man's chin, I can choose not to watch movies. I'm much more justified. Dude, look this <laughs> shit up, man, you Google that shit and you'll see, I'm... Um, right, tell um, me where to find us. Um, in the room, right Yeah. <laughs> Three beers in the movie at Gmail, Instagram... Facebook and uh, all the usual places, Twitter. So, like is love is. Tell us what you think about Michael's chin. That's the hot topic this week is Michael B. Jordan's ingress chin. I've been calling, you've been Richard. Three beers in a movie.